There are a number of great tools out there. I'm briefly going to share three that I've seen clients have success with. My intention is to give you a sense of just what's possible. Just kind of be excited about what's beyond the corporate offering within the UHR department. The first one is Myers-Briggs, MBTI. It's probably the most well-known tools out there, often used in away days and team building days. It's a personality inventory that helps you understand your preferences. You know, how do you boot up? How do you approach and view life? If you've heard of the introvert-extrovert scale, then that's one of the most well-known aspects that comes from Myers-Briggs. Welcome to this episode of Unset at Work. I want to talk about why your company's feedback process or appraisal process is broken and what it is that you can do about that. Most formal assessment and feedback processes in organizations just suck. That's the reality of it. The annual performance appraisals and reviews have a bad rep. I think they're very well deserved. They're usually not constructive, often biased, not based on any model that can be explained, and usually don't provide anything that's actionable. What you need to know to develop in your career is the insight that has you really understanding the gap between how you show up in the world, your unintended impact, and how it is that you want to show up in the world. And that's not what most corporate feedback and appraisal systems offer that I get to. But feedback matters. One of my great heroes and thinkers of our times is a guy called Parker Palmer. And one of his quotes is just worthwhile saying direct you. He talks about the world has suffered deeply in the hands of leaders who possess the skill and the power to manipulate external reality, but lack the foggiest idea of the inner dynamics that drive their actions. And he amends that Socrates quote that you probably know of, you know, the unexamined life is not worth living. He says, if you decide to live an unexamined life, please don't take on a job that involves people. So you know, meaningful leadership really hinges on the idea that us, that as leaders, are reflective and intentional and self-aware. And one of the ways that we get that is to get feedback from the environment that we're in. So in this episode, I'm going to talk through three broad categories of feedback that you're going to get offered in your career if you work in an organization. The traditional employment assessment process and evolution of that, 360 reviews, and then off-the-shelf assessment tools, which I think is where the hope really lies for all of us. By the end of this podcast, I want you to be clear on the kind of feedback that you want to seek out for the benefit of yourself and for your own growth and how to do that. Before we get into the specifics of each category, I want to call out some home truths. Feedback is incredibly stressful. It's hard to give and it's hard to receive. It's hard to give feedback because you don't want to upset someone. And very few of us have been given the tools to give feedback in any meaningful or constructive way, let alone with kindness and compassion. And if you're on the receiving end, it's stressful because our minds can see this as a sort of social threat. It's a threat to our need for certainty. We usually don't know the content of the feedback that's coming at us. It's a threat to our status. Feedback usually comes from higher up, from bosses, and it challenges our sense of fairness as the feedback giver often makes of inaccurate assumptions about the motives behind our behaviors. There's an exercise I do with teams around feedback. I work with them as a group and I ask each of them individually to sit in a hot chair and receive positive acknowledgments about themselves. In all the years I've done this, no one has ever put their hand up to go first without a lot of cajoling on my part. And remember, that's positive feedback. They know they're going to get to hear nice stuff, and yet they still have this massive resistance to it. Feedback is triggering even when you know 100% guaranteed you're only going to hear good stuff about yourself. So be kind with yourself 
when you're going into feedback process or into into appraisal process and just understand that those sort of mixed feelings that you have are incredibly normal. Let's talk about where I see corporate feedback processes failing. And I think there's two main areas. One is the quality of feedback is just poor. I've worked with countless clients sitting there with their appraisal responses with me saying, I don't understand how to make sense of this. Like it's not meaningful for me. I've sat and worked with them through their own HR produced evaluations to mine for growth areas and we usually fail. There's just so much ambiguity and just lack of clarity. The other way failing, the other failure of organizations is this, the feedback vacuum. Like the more senior you are, the more likely you are for this is to happen, that you get nothing. You do your appraisals of your staff, but your boss doesn't do you for some reason. You get nothing in crickets. But the good news in all of this is that you have agency of how you gather and receive feedback, probably more than you realize. And I want you to be clear about the kind of feedback that you could be seeking out for yourself in addition or instead of what your organization is going to offer to you. Before we get into that, let's start unpacking what I call three broad categories of assessment. We'll start with the traditional employee assessment. It's usually run and designed by your HR department and mostly relate to sort of performance and annual appraisals. So think of that annual process and the forms you've had to fill out ahead of your performance appraisal. Then you sit in a meeting that's been rescheduled three times and your boss fills out a part and you have this sort of awkward conversation between what you think you performed and what they think you how you performed. And these assessments usually have sort of ratings and rankings and checklists to tick off. As I said, this is usually designed by your HR department. And once upon a time, somewhere in the organization decided what categories you'd be evaluated against, like business acumen or living company values. I've seldom seen any of these linked to a credible leadership model or any understanding of what it means to do well or poorly in this category. So let's play this out. You get the report and you get an average of 3.6 out of 5 for the competency of business acumen. 3.6 out of 5. Well, it doesn't sounds okay, right? I mean, it, it could be maybe 4 out of 5 would be nice, but what would that mean? And how would you get a 4.5? Like, what would you have to change? Like, who knows? I guarantee no one in your company does. Not HR, not your boss. And then to make it worse, HR plots all the employees on a standard deviation to make sure managers aren't being too soft on staff and avoiding having the hard conversations. So they you know, single-handedly just undermine attempt on your boss and your colleagues to try and give you know, feedback that they felt was genuine. So let's unpack some of these biases that are just baked into this assessment. It focuses on your shortfalls. There's a whole world of strength-based coaching that shows that people respond to leveraging, to understanding their strengths and leveraging their strengths, not working on their failings. In this version, you have a single rate of bias. If you only have one person rating you like your boss, then that completely lacks objectivity. No boss can completely view all of your performance. So they measure that on the little they see and what they've heard. There's also the recency effect. Most of us can't remember much from the last six months ago, little on what you ate for dinner last week. But you are asking me to provide an assessment of you for how you've worked in the last 12 months. All I can remember is probably the challenging conversation we had over a project that we were working on like two weeks ago. And guess how that's going to show up? Like that's going to be top of my mind when I'm assessing you. So the traditional employee assessment approach is really biased and not statistically significant. But it's treated as gold because some data is better than nothing. I think it's fundamentally broken. This rating is complete noise and yet it's going to be used for promotion and bonuses and there's a complete disconnect between what you do and how you're being treated. 
So the cons of these assessments, it's biased, not linked to credible leadership model, doesn't meet the objective of helping a person grow and develop, and there's limited proof that it makes any difference to staff performance. Pros, I can't think of any having had the scars and the wounds of having been through a few of these myself. I really can't think of any. So given all of this, it's actually not surprising that many organizations like Deloitte and GE and Accenture have changed their performance management system, moving away and moving to no rating systems. If your organization still uses this framework, I'm sorry to hear that. But stay with me because there are other options available to you. So the second type of feedback process or assessment process that I want to talk about is a 360 feedback. So I'm talking here about an evolution of that traditional self-assessment that I've just covered, where you get a 360 degree view of how people see. You get feedback from your boss, your peers, direct reports, and possibly even other stakeholders. On paper, it looks like a whole lot of better approach. More data should smooth out that biases, right? So the pros of this, you know, provides feedback to employees from a variety of sources. That's good. That's going to negate the single rate of bias that the previous uh, approach has. It's going to reveal probably better at revealing specific career development areas. And there's also going to be no strain in relationships with colleagues because it's usually anonymous. That helps remove the strain from one person having rated a certain way. In terms of the downsides here, again, most of these, depending on their constructed focus on the weaknesses, what's wrong, what you need to fix, and not strengths. It provides feedback from inexperienced raiders, and groups can certainly know how to game the process. When inexperienced raiders, I mean, if you're asking to rate someone on business acumen out of five, like, what's that based on? Yeah, I often get rescued in that way. And there's a requires a large degree of data collection and processing in some cases, which HR departments have various levels of skills and capacity to do this. So the third category that I want to talk to you, which should be, I think is much more interesting, is the off-the-shelf assessment tools. These are developed and built by experienced professionals who have real deep experience in psychology and organizational behavior and understanding how we show up in terms of our behavior, like what our outer game is versus our inner game. What they pretty much all have in common is that they are strengths-based, quite a lot of difference. They're built mostly on on recognized adult development and leadership models and psychological models and often have large data sets underneath them and this of tens to hundreds of thousands of people. So that has a huge advantage of comparing yourself against a sort of normalized database rather than comparing yourself as three out of five against three out of five. The cons that there is a price tag, there's usually a license fee associated with this. It varies depending on the model that you're talking about. License fee of about 30 to 40 pounds, maybe to a few hundred pounds but I think it's well worth it in terms of what you get in your return. And the chances are, depending on the complexity of the tool that you're using, you would need someone trained to debrief you and help you make sense. In a way, that's an upside. It kind of shows the depth of the inside available, but it does mean a bit more time, potentially some more costs associated with it. There are a number of great tools out there. I'm briefly going to share three that I've seen clients have success with. My intention is to give you a sense here of just what's possible just kind of excited about what's beyond the corporate offering within the OHR department. The first one is Myers-Briggs, MBTI. It's probably the most well-known tools out there, often used in away days and team building days. It's a personality inventory that helps you understand your preferences. You know, how do you boot up? How do you approach and view life? If you've heard of the introvert-extrovert scale, then that's one of the most well-known aspects that comes from Myers-Briggs. 
If you're new to personal development, this is a great place to start. It's also really enlightening to do this with a team because it helps people realize that the person who winds them up isn't actually just being an idiot. <laughs> they are different. They're wired different. So it's a great way. It's a great tool to help people see differences as strengths and sort of build empathy within a group. It's also one of the few that's available out there. If you just Google MBTI, you can probably find versions of this to do for free as well. And armed with this knowledge of who you are and how you boot up, you're much better able to communicate your needs in the workplace. For example, ways of working are very different for an introvert and an extrovert. The introvert likely wants to be communicated on Slack or email. The extrovert wants to have a phone conversation or better yet, even meet in person. Knowing that you're in one of those two categories gives you a reminder to be clear with people when you're starting to work with them, as an example. So you're better able to communicate your needs. Insights discovery is another increasingly popular model. It's also known by its colors. People talk about being red or orange or green or blue, and that's the shorthand for the types, typing system that it uses. It's another model that's incredibly useful to complete as a team or a group of people that you're working with. So you can understand your colleagues and sort of build empathy for the different ways of working. The leadership circle profile is the one I'm most familiar with, and it differs from the other two in that it's really a leadership development tool. Its aim is to provide you with a snapshot of how the world perceives you, like your outer game, and also your development path. It helps you understand your inner game, helps you understand your core beliefs and assumptions that are kind of holding you back or getting in the way of showing up in the world that you in the way you want to do that. So it's a strengths-based model as well, but also helping you understand your own derailers and what you can do about that. This is the one tool that I'm certified in, so I have got a lot more in-depth knowledge about this one, so I don't want to overly skew it. But if it sounds like the kind of feedback that you'd like for your career growth, email me and we can talk about that in more detail. What I wanted to leave you with is an idea of what's possible outside of your organization, because I'm pretty confident to say here that the assessment model process that your company offers is just not serving you. And worst, it might even be undermining you. I'm not an HR professional. You know that. I don't know how to fix the broken employment assessment process. I, I just don't. What I do know is that the negative impact that these assessments have on people that I coach, and I want to have the knowledge to advocate for the feedback that would be most useful for you to thrive and excel in your career. So if you're hungry for some meaningful feedback, here's three things that I suggest. Firstly, get feedback on your strengths. This is a simple one. Ask five people you work with. You work with them and you respect them. Ask them to name your key strengths. This is a massive confidence booster and kind of direct you on how you can leverage those strengths in going forward. Step two, explore with your HR or your boss the options for an off-the-shelf tool. Maybe you want to do it on yourself, maybe you want to do it on an away day. You know, both are very viable options. And if you met with any resistance on those, seek out a coach who will work with you and the tool of your choice. I have never had a client who wanted to work with the Leader Circle Profile, my preferred tool, to be turned down by their organization and their evaluators, even though it wasn't an officially sanctioned tool. So this is still an option for you, even if your organization's not going to sign up for it officially. And remember, feedback is a stressful event, even when it's good feedback. So remember this and be kind to yourself whenever you give or receive feedback. The subject of feedback and appraisals is a broad one. I've just touched on the surface here. We're going to continue this thread next week's episode when I interview my guest, Sophie Andrews, his head of people at Clarisys. And Clarisys is a consulting company headquartered in London. 
who over the years have been so thoughtful in creating a very people-centered feedback culture. They use a variety of methods to do this. And we're going to explore all of those in our conversation next week. So drop by to listen into that. If you've enjoyed this show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so other people can find us in the same way. And until next week, this is your wingwoman on Unset at Work, Catherine Stay Macy, signing off. Mm-hmm.